Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast. I'm Dylan Toon. I'm Angus Norris. And we are here to bring you all of the outdated news and important views, hopefully important uh, news and outdated views, maybe, going forward. Uh, been a bit slack, but we're going to try a new sort of format. This is going fortnightly. This is our first attempt at that. We're just going to be more more news-based in this one, I think. And then perhaps get our normal, regular fixtures going in the second podcast of the month. Yeah, and we'll just see how it goes. As usual, give us feedback on what you think. Mm. Um, they'll probably still end up being the same length, if not longer, knowing us. But um, it's really just trying to be a bit more timely, I think. Yeah. Which we've been playing around with different ways to do that, recording the news separately and so on. And this is just an extension of that, I think. Yeah, I think it's basically we'll record them and basically put them out as we do them rather than holding on to bits and... Making yeah. a big epic and trying to stitch it all together, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it may only last one month and this may be outdated very quickly, but we're going to give it a crack. Uh, and on that note, we apologise for the slackness on the website and the podcast front. Uh, we have both been quite busy. Uh, also apologise to anybody who we're meant to be interviewing or uh, getting in touch <laughs> with. Um this there is definitely stuff in the works and we haven't forgotten anyone we have just been a little bit slow yeah lots of background stuff going on some sort of major details falling through the cracks <laughs> yeah uh which you know you get that in the big jobs exactly um, especially the ones that pay this well <laughs> yes yeah. uh shout out to the three people who spotted our missed ranking of lagers you'll have to uh let me know what we missed because i didn't notice anything uh, we had pre-recorded a segment which we hadn't put out. <laughs> We're oh, one okay. of these stitching things together, and we we missed one. Uh, so, so is think... that have we put that out now? Are we no. up to date now? No, no okay. we are going to put that out. I don't think this time, next time, but we'll work on that. Yes, <laughs> it will be there. Okay, I did. I was wondering. When we were doing the stitching, I'm like, did we miss one? Will this be a bit of a spoiler warning needed in here? But uh, well, congratulations to those who noticed. Uh, you can have whatever leftover ranking of lager stuff we have, if you'd like. <laughs> Lucky they prob- you. They probably don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and just finally for the preamble, uh, Aussie Beer Pods is back. He does great work. And if you'd like us to do great work, feel free to give us a subscribe. We always appreciate it. But if not, uh, thank you for listening and always happy to hear from anyone, any thoughts, insults, whatever you'd like. Yeah, it's all appreciated. (laughs) It's just nice to know you're listening. We are in the eight after round one. Closest loser. So Going better than Brisbane. (laughs) Uh, And on that note, so we don't linger on that, (laughs) straight into the news, I think. Um, the Good Beer Week calendar has launched for 2021, um, which is good. It is good. It's good to see some positivity around events and, you know, people pushing on. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts on the the calendar as a whole? Um, lots of cool-looking stuff. Nothing super wow, but I understand why. Um, yeah. Definitely some, like, fun-looking food things. Pine of Origin looks like it's going to be great as always. Um, Carwin always do great things. Country, sort of rural Australian ones I always love. Looks like there's a few good ones of those. But um, look, it looks smaller, more compact. Totally understandable though. Yeah, I think there'd be a fair bit of reluctance for some people to run big 
extravagant events with sort of all the uncertainty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it looks, it's going to be fun and it's going to be so good having this last year to have good beer week back. And hopefully we've got lots of Australian visitors at least. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you know, in, in some senses it may be more, you know, you might even get a bit more traffic to some of these things than normal. People will be a bit more excited to do it. No one will be on holidays. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, you know, obviously be doing some stuff and covering some things, but, um, yeah, nothing, nothing, no real set in stone plans, I think. But um, yeah, I haven't booked anything yet, and this will be the first time in probably since Good Beer Week started that I haven't booked something within a week of the the calendar launching. Yeah, I think there's definitely a few things like, oh, that'd be fun, and I think there's definitely tentative plans to look at Pine of Origin, but um, nothing else beyond that. No, <laughs> as of yet, not yet. As of yet, yeah. Um, there have been plenty of good non-Good Beer Week events this year to date, and we'll uh, talk about one of those later on. Yeah, one in particular. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Craft Beer Crew has uh, disappeared. Well, not disappeared. It's been murdered by the cowardly Zuckerberg. Um, they, yeah, just disappeared without much warning by the sounds of it. Yeah, it sounds a bit interesting. And we're going to try and speak to Matt Brown, who's the, the founder in a in a week or or so, depending on when this actually goes out. Um, yep. But they're probably, I think they're Australia's biggest craft beer group, about 15,000 members. Yeah. 15,000 is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, exactly. Like you think of the other big ones like Beer Thread and stuff there, I think seven-ish, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and Beer Thread's very busy. I wasn't in craft beer crew, but uh, Beer Thread was busy enough for me. Yeah. Um, so one day they got a notification, from what I understand, that they'd violated community standards and had about a month to respond to it. And then by, you know, a few hours later, it had just been deleted. What's the were, right way to do things? You just you don't let people explain themselves or have any chances. You just knock them out and figure it out later. That seems to be Facebook's methodology. And it's quite interesting because it was probably the best modded beer group that I'm in on Facebook. Yeah, it, it Sounds strange, and this is just another one of those things you hear from Facebook, I guess, a little bit closer to home than usual. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear what Matt has to say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we will definitely have more on that, um, but we might leave it until then so we can sort of make sure we get all the facts right. Yeah, we wouldn't want to get things wrong and muddy the waters any more than they already have. Been. No, <laughs> get him in any more trouble. Um, Bright launch pack tech holder recycling. Uh, I, re- I thought this was very cool. You may have already seen this around. Uh, it's so good, and it fits just perfectly with the Bright sort of ethos of sustainability and and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Just that whole area, to be honest, like they're all that whole sort of high country area, all very sort of, you know, green, give back to the community. Eco-friendly, solar panels, all that sort of. Fits in super well, I think. Um, So for those who don't know, the pack tech holders are the four and six pack can holders that sit on top of your your cans. Yep. Um, And they're going to, they're basically putting bins that, at lots of independent craft beer shops and you can return them there and they'll make sure they either get reused, recycled properly or, yeah. Miscellaneous. Better than whatever people are doing with them currently, I think, is is the answer. Beer trails launch in Melbourne and Sydney. Now, are these sort of like the wine trails in areas? Is this like a... Yeah, very similar. So in Sydney, they've got the 
Inner West Brewery Association, which I didn't know about until today. No. Um, but that's apparently a group of 11 breweries and bars um, just in that inner western bit of Sydney, Marrickville sort of area. Um, and they've just put up a sort of, I think it's they've got flyers and stuff and there's a mural um, nearby sort of showing all the breweries in the area and just letting people know that you can sort of go to all of them. Yeah. Oh, I think it's it's a good idea. Yeah, and Collingwood, which is more in our sort of um, wheelhouse, I guess. Regular uh, visiting. <laughs> yeah, um, they've got five five local breweries, which are Bodrigi, Stumping Ground, Molly Rose, The Mill, and Fixation. Um, and they've got together and made like a, I think it's a $30 ticket and you get a couple of tasters at each brewery um, and just walk around. Yeah, great idea. Get a bit yeah. of exercise, get, try five very good breweries. Yeah, walk off some of those beers, it's probably a good <laughs> idea. Um, and credit where it's due, seeing as how much hate I give them normally, but Yarra's City Council gave them a 20000 grant towards that. That is good. I think it's good for everyone. Um, good press slash extra foot traffic around uh, Yarra. And Yarra are doing a lot of trying to revitalise Collingwood um, yeah. and Abbotsford and stuff like that, so it all makes sense. And it is, it's, the, it's been getting better, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely. I, I think it, and I think it will continue to do so. Um, yeah, range going in there across the road from Bodrigi and then, you know, quick walk. It's all, it's all, it's all happening really. It it's is. It's starting then, to come together. And then there's so many bars to make terrible decisions at after you've left the breweries. Yeah. Great bars everywhere. Uh, great food. It's, it's definitely, yeah, picking up and this is just another, another step I think to really, becoming a must-go sort of area when you come to Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, VB Launch Solar Exchange Program. Yeah, this one's a bit interesting. So basically they they opened a, a program for 500 people um, who could trade their excess solar power that they were feeding back into the grid for VB slabs. <laughs> Why um, not? The government... Uh, coming in and saying that they're going to limit how much and you may have to pay to put it back in the grid, then no better time than for VP to come in and say that. Yeah, and they're, they're giving them a reasonable deal as well. So it's $30 credit, so you're effectively getting a $30 slab. Yeah. Um, for something you've already installed as well. Are they <laughs> using the energy? Is that the idea? Yeah. 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 So I think VB is now technically 100% renewable energy only. Oh, good on them. Yeah. Um, and the Sahi and CUB have been playing in renewables quite a bit. There's a big um, development near Mildura that they're involved with. Okay. Well, it's good to hear that the big boy is getting behind it. Yeah. All, exactly. It all... it's, it's good that it's not just Brighton, Bridge Road and stuff doing leading the solar and renewables charge. I can probably say, see which way the wind is blowing, I imagine. Probably. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it's well, not it may altruistic. Take a while. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like, I'm sure there is some, you know, good optics, but um, yeah, I'm sure it's not just out of the goodness of their heart, but still a good result in the end, and that sounds like a fun way to do it. Um, ABAC stands up for themselves itself, I guess. Yeah, this is a bit weird, because ABAC has sort of played this, you know, very sort of meek role in the industry and just like, we're just here to do our thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, they were responding to the Council Council who released a report titled Giving the OK to Staying In and Drinking Up. 
Um, basically, they were um, saying that ABAC had vague overall objectives, was ineffective, mishandled pandemic-related complaints. Doesn't sound unfair. Mm, yes and no. <laughs> um, it was also... It, the quote that I pulled out from it was... Uh, ABAC's also funded by the same companies that spend m- millions of dollars every year promoting their own alcoholic products. <laughs> it's funny that an funny that an industry body would be funded by industry people. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a strange thing to have a go at them about. Uh, in any case, ABAC responded by saying, of the nineteen pandemic-related complaints, fourteen of them originated from the report's author or their colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, and base, basically the Cancer Council, who was effectively part of the anti-alcohol lobby, um, was say, uh, was legitimising the ABAC system by, you know, making complaints to them and then claiming bit, they're ineffective. And a bit weird that the Cancer Council is getting involved in their official capacity. Seems a bit odd. It's a very odd little organisation. It's not yeah. as official as you, people tend to think it is. No, it's not the kind of thing that people who donate money would want to be seeing either. No, um, no. As somebody who donates money to them, not the kind of thing I want to be seeing them doing. I would rather them uh, do real things. There are plenty of real things you can do with cancer. Um, especially ABAC, they seem, they, they you know, we often sort of poke fun at them and they do a bit slightly silly things, but I'm not really sure what you're going to get out of taking digs at them. No, it doesn't make a lot of sense, especially when you're one of the main people keeping them in their job, you know, doing their, yeah. doing their thing. It's one of those things where if they just ignored them, they'd probably have a better chance of getting them to go away. I think it's all part of their sort of ideal world where it's just prohibition here and no one drinks. And... Oh, that is the dream. Um, Ballistic announced acquisition of Whitsunday Island Brewing Co. and Bagara Brewing Co. The latter, I know, the former, I do not. Yeah, now I think the former, I don't think it ever opened, is my mm. understanding. Um, Maybe why I don't know it. Yeah, um, there's no staff there. They're not taking any anyone on, but they're keeping all the staff that were at Bargara. Yep. Um, Bargara are also keeping their big brands um, as part of this deal, so they're still, they'll still be producing their lager. I think it's their red um, and something They're the else. native animal one? Is uh, that them? Not sure. They're up in far north Queensland, uh, near Cairns, I think. So quite possibly. Quite possibly. I, um, I'm just trying to... They sort of just vaguely ring a bell. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's not, not super important. Um, but yeah, so the ballistic... Interesting pickups. Yeah, um, and remembering ballistic are part of Mighty Craft. Yeah. As well. Um, it's quite interesting seeing the little guys um, starting to acquire local venues elsewhere. <laughs> well, so Bargara are those guys who do, uh, they are kind of, I was sort of vaguely right with what I said. They, they do have native animals in the front, but they're not named after them. I think I was right. thinking of the one that we saw at the atrium a few years ago, who... Um, had sort of like a saison stuff, did a lot of native animal stuff, but these Bagara are the ones. Yeah, maybe that was yeah. it. Um, they do hip hop with the frog on the front, drunk fish, things like that. You see them in Dan's in Queensland. 
So yeah, yeah. I, I know of them, but yeah, definitely not like a sort of big name, but an interesting addition to the portfolio. I can sort of see why they're known enough, I think. Yes, um, but so they're both being rebranded as ballistic venues, which will take ballistic oh, to okay. five to five venues. So they're literally just, they're, they're buying them out. It's like a proper buyout. Yeah, proper yeah. buyout. Okay, cool. Interesting. Well, yeah, which is why goes. it's interesting that Mighty Craft are using ballistic to buy them out, which might speak to to how independent the businesses stay within the Mighty Craft umbrella. Yeah, yeah. It's intriguing. I, I, I like ballistic. I wouldn't have thought they had enough of a footprint to really justify a lot of that. Yeah, well, and they were going to, that was going to take them up to about 20% of the entire Mighty Craft volume, which, again, I wouldn't have thought they'd yeah. be in quite that high. But Big yeah. plans, I guess. Exactly. Good luck to them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely wish them no ill and interested to see how this goes for them. Uh, Bright again uh, had their recall, which, um, yeah, was pretty poorly reported on, but pretty well done by them. Yeah, yeah, I thought they sort of... Uh, it was a pineapple milkshake neeper or something from memory. And we should say recalls always suck. No one no one likes them. Customers don't like them. No. Nah. Uh, you know, higher consumer bodies don't like them. Companies especially don't like having to do them. But there is, there is a right and a wrong way to do it, and they did it the right way. Yeah, they did it perfectly. And so it was quite disappointing to see the mainstream media then come out with headlines like recalled for exploding beers and stuff like that. It's like, imagine if we had the fruit puree Berliners that America had where they oh. literally just put un- unfermented fruit puree in, in a beer that is not pasteurized. And then um, just warm on the shelf. Yeah, just grenades. Um, that's, yeah, it, it wasn't great. And, it, and I think I said to you off mic at the time, um, there are so many recalls. Oh, yeah. A lot of the bigger brands have recalls, but funnily enough, they've picked the person who may struggle to fight back as publicly at least. Um to have a go at, which is, you know, always good to see. And, you know, it's it's almost what you'd expect from some of those publications who publish those. Who, publications which will remain unmentioned. Um, but, yeah, no, it's a shame and we're behind you, Bright. Uh, you did the right thing. And I'm sure most people would know that they did the right thing, to be real. Yeah. Uh, and if they don't, they'll probably won't remember which brewery the article was talking about anyway. Hopefully. Fingers Hopefully. crossed. <laughs> um, this is one I, I, I thought we mentioned it twice. Or like, you know, I feel like we've mentioned it constantly, but uh, seems like we've missed it. Froth is gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know yeah. how we didn't didn't come up with that. I think, I think, we, I had, think we must have spoken about it off mic so much that it quite just a got bit, missed yeah, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the actual cut of the last episode. You're both long-term subscribers and uh, supporters. Um, from day one. I think I had for a while every issue. I, I'm not quite that level, but I wouldn't be far off, I think. Um, and, yeah, I think we, we both paid for it, which is, you know, yep. you don't really pay much for it. But no, it wasn't them, much. but It was like five bucks a month or something. Something like that. Just trying to keep them going, shipping. but, yeah, it's a bit of a it's, a... it's a real loss for the industry, I think. It is. They offered something different. Uh, yeah, I think Emily did great work. It was always really fun. Uh, it's I, I understand why it may have gone. It wouldn't have been super cheap to keep going. Um, I don't know if the advertising dollars would have been there and COVID th- again makes it think, difficult. I think COVID killed the advertising dollars. I think there was enough beforehand and then yep. would have just been very hard last year, especially early on, to get people to cough up. 
it will be one of those ones that will uh, be remembered fondly, especially, you know, 10 years down the track when we're old and grumpy and reminiscing about the good old days of craft beer. <laughs> Back when you could get a little creature's pale ale and didn't have lactose in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, sorry, sad to hear that. Um, all the best, I'm sure. Emily has a bright future ahead of her and um, we will miss you, Froth. Here, here. Uh, Southeast Beer is back. Yeah, so this is basically a, a beer festival um, as part of Good Beer Week. Um, but it's one of the first I've seen down in Melbourne since the lockdown. Mm. Brewer's Feast um, is so on good. this weekend too. Oh, it is too. I'd forgotten about that. And I think uh, yeah. there would have been – there's been a few in regional Victoria. I know like um, High Country Hops was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, the amazing yeah. thing about Brewer's Feast is without, you know, fail, every single time they'll pick the weekend where the weather has just turned really shit or is just yeah. about to turn really shit. And because I think I won tickets one time and they cancelled it because it was rained out um, and then they moved it and then it was really bad weather again the next weekend. It's just like you can't win. Um, it's a very awkward time of year to host something in Melbourne. It's like you, know, you just don't Especially know outdoors. Get. Yeah, but it is, it's meant to be a good event. I don't think I've ever gotten down there, to be honest. Um, I've never yes. actually made it. I don't know of Southeast Beer, though. Uh, um, basically, I think it's a Bad Shepherd or in the park near Bad okay. Shepherd, cool. and they've got 12 breweries from down there, which can be anywhere from the peninsula sort of up to Moorabbin. Yeah. That'd be um, nice little local, local event. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, it's always the kind of thing you like to see more of, a bit more community. Um, we'll have to trek down to some one of those events one day and do something, but we're we're a bit bit chained at the moment. Um, exactly, equipment wise, brewery closures none. Yeah, I think we've had this sort of in the in the news segment notes for quite a while. Um, cause yeah, because of, of last year, obviously. But unless I've missed one, I don't think we've had one. I haven't heard of one. I mean, yeah, not nothing I can think of that comes to mind which is good yeah good good news everybody only expansions to be honest uh everyone's moving and getting bigger and yeah and on that note uh your mates is opening a second brewery which is unsurprising yeah they are everyone's favorite hottest 100 bolter um is opening a second site hoping to expand production to five million liters and have nationwide deliver distribution so people should can all shut up a- about a bolter, not the bolter. Uh, yes, correct. Not the <laughs> bolter. Awkward turn of phrase when you've got a, a big brewery. Exactly, um, just down the road. But yeah, nationwide distribution so people can stop complaining about what's Larry. I've never seen Larry, etc. And Larry, funnily enough, is a bit like bolter. Um, although, yeah, no, your mates do good stuff. I am keen to see them around more. And yeah, good news for them. Exactly. Uh, on more unsurprising notes, Black Hops with a $3 million expansion and AWOL Beer. Is this their barrel age stuff? This is their barrel age stuff has just opened, I think, last weekend. Another fun name that goes with their theme. They're quite good at that. They've stretched they, it out a lot further than I thought anyone could. Yeah, they've done far better than anyone thought they could have, I think, at this <laughs> point. But um, So, yeah, their barrel room has opened, I think, last weekend. Um, I'm really keen to see what they're doing because they have just nailed everything they've tried to do. Yeah. I don't think I've had a great sour from them, so I'm interested to see if they do anything in that area. Yeah. But everything well, else I've had, yeah. 
You would assume they have to if they're opening a barrel room. Yeah, yeah. One cannot survive on stouts alone. Exactly. Um, and the $3 million packaging upgrade is at the Bigger Waters um, Brewery, which I'm pretty sure is Black Ops 1. No, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. trying to think. It, sound, it doesn't sound like what the suburb the other one's in, so I would yeah. say that's probably fair. <laughs> um, and that <laughs> should bring them up. High-quality research you expect uh, in this podcast. We have done really well this week, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're hoping that that will allow them... Uh, room to grow into a capacity of about 10 million litres over the next couple of years. Well, by the sounds of it, they're going to be able to sell that much. So, yeah, not not the worst call. Yeah. Uh, lots of new little, like, smaller Victorian uh, breweries added to the year of the local backlog. Yep, yep, that backlog is way out again. Um, where are we up to? Live update, there are 73 to go. Which sounds still, horrible. <laughs> yeah, although it's still, you've done a good chunk. Yeah, we're getting there 66% of the way through. Yeah, I think that's important. And it's, it's difficult to do uh, a year of the local when they keep opening breweries. It's very rude of them to... <laughs> yeah, it's, maybe, it's a t- maybe, tough job. Maybe some of us should have done something for the last 16 months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if only... Ah, uh, well. Um, but yeah, lots of new breweries opening, which is always fun. Lots of new contract brands to have a look at. Um, yeah. And hopefully we'll get, get some of that up soon. Not going to tie myself to a date, otherwise it will uh, <laughs> never happen. Uh, look, if you keep mentioning it, eventually you'll, you'll push yourself into it. A broken clock's right twice a day, or whatever they say. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that will probably come in a wave when it starts coming. Yeah. Um, all right, on to the tasting paddle to wrap this up. AB InBev have dumped millions of litres into the River Meuse in Liège. Yeah, in Liège, Belgium. Liège, yep. I knew I was going to mess up one of those, so I just thought yeah. I'd go for it. and um, I'm not sure about the river, but <laughs> let's go with it. It's that. almost certainly wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they initially got a bit of um, backlash for, for doing that, um, but they just, it was um, kegs. Uh, that they'd received back from tap rooms who obviously aren't able to open in Europe at the moment. Um, And they'd done it all in-house and it had been water-treated and stuff like that, so it was safe to release into the river. It's interesting that they say that um, this actually gives work for our employees to do, so we don't have to uh, to lay them off. Yeah, which is true. It's just quite funny. It's been like, well, instead of brewing beer today, you're going to be tipping it out. Yeah, exactly. It's like basic unpack the packaging line guys were unpackaging instead of packaging. Yeah. Uh well, single tier for the Lefe that's gone into the river. Well, exactly. But good um, that the river hasn't been too affected. <laughs> uh Vic government grants. Uh, you did mention this is late news, but um Yes, really late news, because I think these grants were open when I put these in the notes and (laughs) were closed by the time we're talking about it. Um, So this was part of the Small Scale and Craft Program, uh, which is a 15K grant to help um, small producers modernise their equipment. Um, Over 20 Victorian brewers took part, as well as a few of the sort of ancillary businesses around the industry, like House of Malt in Ballarat also oh, yeah. qualified and got something cool so credit where it's due again yeah yeah good i mean i think finally uh apart from some cities which shan't be named um most government places and councils are starting to realize the value 
the tourism dollars that it brings in. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, good to see that happening. And even um, just the jobs. Yeah, well, that too. That too. So it's just positive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brisbane's getting a dog house, a brew dog hotel. Yes, they are. Brew dog have some pretty big plans for Australia and New Zealand after their sort of relatively quiet first two years they've been here. Yeah. Um, obviously, COVID would have impacted that somewhat. So for sure, will be nice to them. Um, they want within the next two years they want to have a dog house in Brisbane across the road from the existing, I think they called the dog tap, yeah, the, the tap room, um, as well as preferably brew pubs. But if they can't find appropriate spacing, they will have settle for large bars in Melbourne, Sydney, Auckland, and Perth. Oh, look, I can see it happening. There's enough money. There's probably enough demand. Um, I mean, you can picture a, a, a crafty squire thing, but more more crafty. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why I think I think they've, they've got the right model to do it. Like, crafty squire yeah. is insanely popular in the city. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I mean, like, you know, we always say it's not – the beer is definitely not our favourite, but it's a good place to drop into to see what the macros are doing and – I think, you know, obviously BrewDog are not a macro, but it's on this, a similar note. It'd be like you drop in there, see what they're doing. If it's a good venue, then it gives you an excuse. Yeah, I was pretty excited when they sort of first launched and it's just interesting that we might finally be getting to see some of what they do. Yeah, it's sort of like it's it's tricky because it's taken a while and it's like over that time I've, I've definitely personally gotten less excited about BrewDog's stuff just because you see it less, it doesn't seem as exciting. But yeah. I'm still definitely keen to see this stuff. Like, you know, if we get fresh punk, then we yeah, all, that's exactly. always our fallback, but it's true. Um, fresh punk forgives, you know, will we'll make everything worthwhile, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, New Zealand hop oils in World First. Yeah, this is pretty cool. So they've um, basically worked out a process to distill the hop flavour and aroma into an oil, um, which they can then ship around the world and use seemingly without much degradation of flavour or aroma when you use it in a beer. Um, And so there'll be obvious efficiencies in less packaging, less transportation costs because you're not shipping thousands of kilos of stuff everywhere. So it'll be quite interesting to see how this goes. It's sort of a trial, I think. I think it's a trial in the UK. Let's be real. It's going to be like the, you know... It's going to be like a citra powder, citra cryo, fresh yeah. citra, citra hop oil beer. So that's like it's going to be the outcome of this more than anything. Just Probably. another way to get the hop flavor into your beer. Although, yeah, not a problem with that. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. That's I think one to watch this space and see if it's a sort of a fad or a something that takes off. We'll have to see. Yeah, first few beers come out of it, but yeah, cool idea. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, and. In a, in a very big change from Essendon losing something, uh, Colonial have lost their Essendon sponsorship. Yeah, they have. Um, so CUB, who they originally took it off uh, three years ago when they took it, have uh, taken it back. <laughs> and there goes the only interesting thing about the Essendon Football Club. Exactly. Um, the less we talk about them, the better. Always. Um, we will be back shortly with what we are drinking.
And we are back with what we're drinking. We'll uh, kick it off with a couple that we mentioned last podcast, um, the Pirate Life Hazy Mosaic, which is not particularly hazy, but pretty good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a bit dank, bit bit of pineapple, quite reasonably bitter, yeah. but incredibly clear. Mm. I but, feel um, that CUB may have put that through a centrifuge. It's probably like, you know, they may have just made another batch of unfazed by the haze and they're like, oh, we um, have to do something with this. Just call it hazy. No one will notice. Everyone drinks it out of the can anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, cool beer. Um, cool beer mess- trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the other one, Sober Mess is the Unicorn. We mentioned this and we had one. I've got, got one aging as well. Um, very strange beer, very cool beer. Yeah, really cool. I don't know how they got that coffee to express as much fruit as it did. Yeah, super fruity, super vegetal. Really interesting. Um, I'm not a big fan of, like, coffee, funky beers, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It worked. Like, I also think the their yeast worked quite well with it. It was, like, a little bit tart, a little bit funky, but not I, over the top, sort of let the coffee shine. I reckon it's one to like open near the end of the year with um, some dessert or something. Yeah. Give it a bit of time and yeah, I, I think it's going to develop quite well and um, fun to try it fresh and should be fun to try it again down the line. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Bolter's Easy Hazy, which uh, we only mentioned just because it's, it's new and will probably be pretty big. Um, yeah, not, people not a lot like to Bolter it, stuff. Yeah. Um, um, no, it was sort of inoffensive citrusy a little thin yeah quite yeah quite fruity quite thin like pretty put awayable yeah definitely i think i think you could smash a lot of them at a barbecue or something yeah and that's Um, probably what they want i also thought it was a little chalky which is odd but that could have been my palate at the point in the evening we decided that was appropriate uh yeah look chalky dusty kind of character does come from a lot of those quite hoppy beers with thinner bodies i think yeah um, so I don't think it's not, I, I would probably agree with that to some degree. Um, yeah, it's definitely not an unfair call. I think, um, the other half drop. So Mr. West got a pallet or so, I think of, yeah. um, other half cans and a few bottles and other things. And, um, the delivery truck didn't crash, but their website certainly did. Yeah. I think the less said about their West website clusterfuck, the better. Yeah. But um, Jesus, people were on there f- <laughs> for hours trying to order hundred dollar six packs. Yeah, which is a nice problem for Mister West to have, I suppose, <laughs> in terms of money coming in. Uh, definitely. Uh, um, but yeah, um, what have you thought of the beers so far that you've had? I thought they've been fine, but they're not amazing. I do wonder if it's partially hype. Plus, we don't get them in perfect condition. Equals. A touch underwhelming they've all been very good, good. Yeah. yeah like uh, i've had a couple like i've had two that i thought were good two that i thought were like very good um but i think and the other thing is that we're producing pretty good stuff locally now so a lot of it's just like oh cool it's fun to try stuff with this name um nothing's lived up to the double dire hop double mosaic dream we had a car one a couple of years ago from the no pack. but that was super fresh yeah and i think that's the difference here and like yeah. this stuff is still it definitely tastes fresh enough to still be good. I just All think of it's, it's under wow three factor. months old. Yeah, it's just, just lost the wow factor, I think, maybe. Yeah, like one of the notes that I wrote down uh, was for super dense. 
was fun, but Aussies are doing better stuff. So, you know. No, 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 that, that's fair enough. Like, I, I do feel a bit like that. Like, um, I've really enjoyed what I've had. Um, but, yeah, a lot of it's just sort of, like, novelty. And, yeah, there's so much good Australian stuff now. It's not as much of a novelty as it may have been kind of thing. Yeah, I think two years ago it would have been a different story. But now we're producing really good stuff. Don't buy $20 cans of American stuff that's sort of getting to the end of where you buy Australian stuff. Yeah, although when when, when in the inevitable tired hand shipment comes in, then oh, yeah, you're going to get money all over again. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm um, definitely not going to follow my own advice. And credit to Mr. West for getting it in. Like, it is really cool. Um, yeah. I, you couldn't have imagined this kind of thing happening a few years ago. No. Um, in terms of actually getting cans, because, you know, once you get cans in, everything gets very tradey and hoardy. And, yeah. Um, yeah. The good thing is just that if they're at the end of when they're drinking well, they get a lot harder to trade. That's true. Because you that can't hold on to them. I, although I imagine that's why the stouts flew so quickly. They were instantaneously gone. Probably had a lot less of them too. Um, but, yeah, no, cool beers. Um my one thing with them is, you know, somewhat unsurprisingly, I haven't had the Baltic Porter yet, but they all they all taste very similar. Yep, yep. A lot of sort of pineapple going on, a lot of mango. And I think it's just like that touch of age has kind of taken away the more distinctive characteristics of some of the hops. Yeah, yeah. They're um, very into, that's a nice hazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, a more interesting one, like possibly less exciting, but more interesting, I think, is that was the Jack's Abbey drop. It depends who you're talking about, Dylan. I'd say yeah. this was more well, for exciting. Us, for us, yeah. <laughs> but they are the lager-only brewery um, yep. doing some fun stuff. Awesome. I have had four now, I think. Yeah, I've had three or four as well. Yeah. Um, and they're awesome. I've re- What surprised me was I liked the two. So I've had two sort of maltier ones and two sort of more lagery ones, for want like of a better word. Pilsner malt ones, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I thought the Pilsner Mold End was better, which is interesting. So I thought that is modern, interesting. Modern Hell was amazing. Um, and I really quite enjoyed my post shift pills as well. Yeah. I I enjoyed fairly sure I had both of those and liked both of those quite a bit too. Um, I had their their lagered sour as well, because they really I stick to that, that theme. I have yeah. That. Um, that was fun too. Uh, cranberry's good flavour, and it has that kind of lager smoothness to it. Quite a fun beer. Um, and I, I have their IPL in the fridge, which I should probably drink soon as well. Um, but yeah, really cool, really fun. Um, good work getting that in to whoever was responsible for that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think it's experience it brought them. Yeah, because um, multiple places had it, so I don't think we can put it on any one place. No, on no. T- Good to see Craft Lager getting some love. Yeah, good on people for buying them. And, yeah, yeah, as long as enough people buy them, they can come back, but not enough that I can't get them. Yes, Maybe. that's the dream. Don't worry, it's a <laughs> lager. You're never going to have that problem. <laughs> um, Carwin did put on a big lager event, which um, I didn't get down to, but they did put on another event, hosting um, their Three Fontaine and Partner Bar event, The one of the two in Australia. I think the other one was... Best, Best, I think. Yep. Um, and, yeah, basically having their blended and alive bottles both, you know, available to try but also for sale, which apparently – so when they're – as a partner bar, they're not allowed to sell them generally. Yeah, uh, The bottles. Right. 
so they they did have them for sale that day though. Um, yeah, so, so I think was... they can sell the non-spelling ones, and then the spelling Van Het ones they have to can only sell over the bar or something like that. Yeah, yeah, which I think is a good way to do it to be honest, because um, you know we we often say we want people to be drinking lambic, you know, rather than hoarding it. Yeah, you can you can age it, but you know a, a lot of there's a lot of hoarding, not not aging. And especially a lot of those spelling ones, you would want to be drinking pretty fresh. Like, they were so fruit-forward, some of them. Yeah, and you look at some of that, like, their, their, a lot of their subtitles, like, you know, blended and live, of raw and uncut. It's like, they're very clearly meant to be drank as they are. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, very small event, 30 people, beers were marvellous. Marvellous. I think it was going to be very hard to pick out a favourite. Probably yep. harder to tell all of you which one it was. <laughs> yes, yes, that would be a nightmare. I think there was only one I didn't love. Was it the brown one? Yeah, the dark sour, which I was super keen on. So it was, um, but you know, like as far as things go, it was still pretty nice, and it was still interesting. Um, I think the cassis one, the blended and live cassis, yeah. was my favourite. Yeah, that's my favourite as well. Um, that was just such a beautiful beer, but it was so cool to try stuff like the um, Zenith Frontera and things like that. That I just thought, pretty much, I just thought, oh, I probably won't get, ever get to try that. And it's like Carlin's like, here you go, as you walk in. Yeah, here you go. Just try this, and then yeah, buy a bottle if you want to sort of give up half a paycheck. Yeah, yeah, but um, no, great, great event. Um, anything else stick out to you? Uh, Cassis was my favourite. I think I really liked. I think it was called the Druf Kerner. It had this really interesting lime character. It was a Rieslingy. Oh type. yeah, that the real like stony. Yeah, yeah, that was the musket grapes. I think. Um, yeah, like heaps of them. Um, I'm pretty. Sure, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really really interesting. Um, and yeah, it did have that super, super from that region kind of Riesling. You know that sort of German Riesling thing. The dry raising, very, very stony dry. and liney. Yeah, yeah. Um, really cool. I, I like that one a lot. Um, and there was some fun stuff, like and you know the tap list in general. Apart from that, was crazy good. Oh, and just yeah. a cheeky canty on um, that. You know, Tilquins and things lying around. And most importantly, they had that had pilsner on tap. So really, what good else local can you cheese as well? Yes, yes, very good cheese from the Thornbury Fromagerie, I want to say. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, really cool little lineup of cheeses, and they were friendly coming around, gave us a quick rundown of everything. So a great little event, worth the money. Um, and, yeah, go. you can go to Carwin and try um, Lots all of, of that these. stuff. Yeah, so it's not just something we're sort of bringing up pointlessly. This is You can go to Carwin and they'll have some of this stuff to try. So if you want to try some really... Cool, different lambics, um, sort of maybe not the traditional kind of expressions that you're used to, then, yeah, definitely check them out. Yeah, I think there's the most interesting just because of the different sort of acidity levels you get across, partly across different fruit, but also across other bits and pieces they do. It's all yeah. it's worth trying a few. There's, like, some ones with toasted oak and stuff, and there's, like, insane sort of fruit dosages and stuff. It's really, it's cool stuff. That's awesome. If, if you're into lambic at all, go and try some. <laughs> yeah. Definitely next time you're at Cohen, uh, yeah, and prob- and spent too much money already. That's when you do it. Um, Alpha Delta from Newcastle. I, I didn't have these, but um, I'm keen to hear about them. Oh, if you come across them, grab them. There are, from what I've gathered, they're a pretty small brewery um, near Newcastle. Um, 
And for some unknown reason, we've ended up with some of their beers in Australia. It's a good uh, result. Uh, definitely. I had a, I think it was just a standard brown ale, English brown, you know, nice, nutty, perfect, exactly what you want. And from the right part of the world to be producing brown ale. Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd hope they know what they're doing. Uh, and I also had a triple IPA. I think it was called Keres or something like that. And it was in that sort of dumb, syrupy, sweet ones territory. <laughs> um, but with good pine and, and Was Gaia citrus. the brown ale? Gaia was the brown ale, yeah. yeah. They have a few triple... Uh, was it possibly Kronos? No, it's Keres. I've just looked it up. Keres. Okay, cool. <laughs> they, have, they have a few triple IPAs, which is how you know it's a fun brewery. Yeah. Um, and like... They're untapped rating silly, you know, it's not the be all and end all, but oh, look, it's is nice. four point one two. Yeah, anything you know, anything over four is impressive. The whole brewery's almost at four, which is Yeah. <laughs> producing that sort of stuff is fun. Yeah, definitely. Um I definitely place less stock in untapped than I used to be, but it's still a good guide to like, you know, if if something's worth seeking out. You get least- a reasonable idea. And if you sort of know how to avoid hype stuff and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, just don't put any stock in it when it comes to lager. Oh, no. No, no. If a lager's over three, buy it. Yeah. <laughs> it must be a masterpiece. Um, finally, there was Hawker's Kylie. Yeah, possibly the most me beer of the year. I thought it'd be wrong not to mention it. Um, it's a uh, 8% Imperial IPA. I think it's the grist is almost entirely rye. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, and it's awesome. It's got sort of this big mango-y tropical hop aroma, loads of rye spiciness and, like, a good, a fair bit of bitterness. Collaboration with three weavers as well. We yeah, yeah, um, who we've had a few of out here, I think, some of their, their stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we have. Um, those labels are very familiar. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's very cool. Um, so yeah, if you like me, buy that beer. Oh yeah, just just buy more hawkers in general. They're, they're just consistently doing good stuff. Yeah, hawkers don't make that beer. Just buy it. Yeah, yeah. I don't can't remember when I've been disappointed by a hawkers beer. Probably because it hasn't happened. No. no. Um, I think that's going to do us for tonight. Um, we will have some interviews and bits and bobs dropping, and we'll have another one in a shorter time frame than the distance between this one, and the one before it. Hopefully. Um, that's, that's the best I can offer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the plan at least. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that gives us a, a four week buffer or so, mm, I think. Mm. So probably can manage that. I think, um, yeah, as always, if you want to get in touch, you can get in touch at Dylan at beer o'clock Australia.com or Angus at beeroclockaustralia.com, or leave a comment on the website. Uh, you can subscribe and do whatever the hell you want, really. But um, there are multiple ways to get in touch with us. Feel free to feel free to subscribe, feel free to follow, feel free to ask questions. Yep, yeah. we will do something with whatever you send us. <laughs> yeah, we are, we, we are pretty good with that, I will say that. We usually um, give things as much time as they need, and maybe more so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yes, thank you everyone. We'll be back shortly. Keep drinking. It's, it's
they're, they're, they're definitely worse. Wisdom. <laughs> <laughs>